0: This is going to be a fun one. So I've invited my friend Sarah Taylor to ask me anything and that she will. Everything from my coaching philosophy, how I get stuff done, and even how I got the nickname Bulldog. This is going to be a good one. If you want to ask me a question that Sarah didn't get to, I would love that. Just text 559-574-3210 and I will reply to you directly. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sarah Taylor. Welcome to the Creative Coach Cast. I'm Paul Goldsmith, an entrepreneur and creative coach on the show committed to helping you transform your creative ideas into a reality.
1: We're going to start with one of my favorite things about you, which is that you are an avid reader and consumer of information. It's not just books. It's, you know, what you find online. It's what you hear through speakers. And so I like to draft in your wake. I almost wish I had a standing conversation with you every week where you told me the latest stuff you were reading or what you've recently been pondering. So hit me with it. What's the latest stuff? Like what's on your nightstand right now?
0: I am reading all I can about the 80-20 principle. And it's fascinating just how much of our time we spend on things that don't produce the result we're looking for. And so I'm really obsessed with, it's called the Pareto Principle, because an Italian dude named Pareto figured this out 100 years ago, and so he named it after himself. The Pareto Principle is profound. The hard work is figuring out what 20% of your effort is going to result in 80% of the output. It's true in business, and it's true in life we spend a lot of time on things that don't produce the results we're looking for. So how can we eliminate the waste and really concentrate on our priorities?
1: I know another thing about you is that you like to help others succeed. You're not in this just for yourself. You love to build teams. You love to coach. In fact, you did the whole on-air thing. Let's let's dial it back a little bit just as to some of the things you've tried when you were younger and how you've ended up where you are today, launching businesses, building teams, and coaching.
0: When I started my first company, I quickly realized I was at the height of my ability. I I went as far as I could do by myself. I didn't want to be a solopreneur. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And that meant building teams and working with other people. And I had previously led teams, managed other people in companies, And I knew that if I wanted to grow and to learn, I needed people to learn from. I needed people that were better at different things than me. So I love surrounding myself with the best in class, the most creative people, and be inspired by them.
1: When you're in a conference room of hundreds of industry peers and you've got laser eyes, how do you go... That one right there and that one right there. What are the qualities that exude that you key in on? On, I want that person on my team. I want to be around them and learn from them.
0: Well, when I'm in an auditorium full of a lot of people, I just try to focus on the person next to me. Right, I want to learn more about them and be curious about what makes them tick. That may be as far as that relationship ever goes. Now, that's a different question is when I'm looking for people to hire and add to my team, I really want to make sure that I'm really clear about the job that I want to have done and then find somebody that's uniquely gifted and suited for that role. Because everybody's talented just in different ways. And there's a lot of people that can be good or pretty good at a lot of things, but I don't want that. I want somebody that excels. So I'm looking for superpowers. And so once I'm clear about the job that needs to get done, I'm looking for the one person that is uniquely qualified at the highest level to perform that function.
1: I love the duality of how you are so soft-spoken, but your nickname behind the scenes among your team is Bulldog. Bulldog. <laughs> Because behind your facade, no, it's not a facade. It's not. It's just a gentle exterior, right? How'd you get the nickname Bulldog?
0: Others gave it to me. So you'd have to ask them. I think it's because of my tenacity and i just don't give up i get an idea in my head and it, and uh, i'm not going to quit until i figure it out or accomplish what i'm trying to get done and i appreciate you calling me soft spoken i think the roosevelt quote you know speak softly and carry a big stick so i try to do that i think we accomplish more just by connecting with people and being honest and sharing what it is we're trying to accomplish I don't need to berate people or yell at people or, or or do anything dramatically. I'm just persistent over time, and life has a funny way of producing the results that you seek to produce if you just don't give up.
1: Well, I also just think your general tone uh, makes it probably more palatable for the person on the receiving end, your coachee, to you know receive feedback, sometimes criticism, and all of that. Maybe give us an example of how you use your power of observation when you are coaching.
0: My style is generally one of empathy. And I try to get to know the other person first, because I think you'll get a lot farther with people if they think you actually care. I haven't always been this way. I have a strong opinion about a lot of things, but I learned people don't care about your opinion. They care about how much you care about them and their situation. (laughs) And so we're going to get a lot further if you feel like I'm for you and I'm invested in you. And then you might be open to help that I offer, some coaching that I provide. And so I always try to approach it about in my coaching is find out what makes that person tick and what is their superpower and help them lean into that. And then what are their blind spots and lovingly help them identify their blind spots. Blind spot by definition, you can't see. The best analogy I can give is being a parent. Right, Any parent can identify this. You can't treat a teenager like a baby and put them in a crib. You have to develop a relationship with them, or at some point, they're just going to rebel and not come back. And so you would hope to have long-term influence, not just short-term demands. And so for me, it is really about building a relationship of trust. And I feel like we can get a lot further than just dictating what needs to get done or what you need to change, but rather develop a trust over time that we're on the same team, that we're in this together, that I'm committed to your success.
1: For someone that's totally agreeing with you, but they also resonate earlier, you said, I've got strong opinions, right? But you're holding some of those back. Can you describe how you do that without showing it all over your face (laughs) with just everything inside of you wants to say what you think?
0: That takes discipline. And so you have to filter your opinion through another person's, how they're going to receive that information. It's not just what you say, but what they hear. And if I crush your spirit with some criticism, that's not helpful. And so I'm not in the business of of crushing spirits. I want to lift people up. And how do we do that? Everybody's unique. And so who am I to say you're supposed to be like anybody else's example? At the end of the day, we're just trying to figure out how to be the best version of yourself. And really, any of my opinions are totally subjective. That's just my opinion. That doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you, but I'm just trying to help you accomplish your goals. They're your goals. We're just figuring out what's the shortest path to get there. It's not how I would get there because I'm wired differently.
1: I still commend you because it does take discipline and it's a discipline I haven't personally found yet because I still I've got an opinion just falls out of my mouth. So I think it's great. The rest of us aspire to be where you are.
0: I've developed a better filter, but I just think we all could use a little bit more kindness. We've gotten so open with our words and tearing people down. I think that you don't win anybody over to your side by being mean. I just learned it's more effective to be kind to people and build a relationship if you want to win them over to your point of view or have any hope of doing that, is build a relationship. Get to know them. Or if you just want to uh, shoot from the hip, you can do that, but you're not going to be very persuasive.
1: Absolutely. So a lot of what you've recently shared is your coaching style for someone that you've kind of built a relationship with over time. And perhaps maybe they've already been doing something they love and you're helping them fine tune it. Let's talk about a different category of those that you coach and help. And that's people who have trouble, like they've got an idea, they've got the vision, but they have trouble starting.
0: We have to get clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish. We have to pick something. So very quickly, I can't, there's some people I can help for sure. (laughs) And that is humbling for me. I would like to help everybody, but if you aren't clear about what you want to accomplish, how on earth can someone else help you get there if you don't know where you're going? But if you do know what you want to accomplish, then it's just a matter of getting clear about that. There's a new technique that I just learned. It's called backcasting. It really comes from a book called The Future You. The technique backcasting, it's essentially looking out to where you want to go and work backwards. All these big, ambitious goals, it just looks too far off in the distance. What does halfway look like to that goal? Now keep going. What does partway look like? And then what does Monday look like? The very next step. And to me, that unlocks so many possibilities. Stop focusing so much on jumping from point zero to the result and focus more on the process. And I think you can get a lot further.
1: You also have good advice for someone that's being held back from starting because they're afraid to fail. And you have a quote from someone about fail fast.
0: Yeah. Aren't we all afraid of failure, of falling on our face? There should be a little fear. Mark Zuckerberg knows a few things. Uh, One of the richest guys in the world created Facebook. And Facebook's motto early on was move fast and break things. And I love that. I don't want my uh, dentist or, you know, heart doctor (laughs) to necessarily have the same philosophy. But if you're building things that aren't life and death, I think that's a pretty good philosophy to learn. Part of what holds everyone back, myself included, is that fear of failure. How do we get better at anything? Resistance. And so we've got to figure out, find techniques to power through the resistance. Know that the resistance is what's making you stronger. You break down your muscles, so you build back stronger. We get better through adversity, and none of us signs up for the adversity, but you have to know your why. There has to be more meaning on the other side of that resistance and adversity, for you to have the will to power through that, to know that I'm not doing this for the pain and suffering. I'm doing this to get to the other side of the accomplishment of achieving my stated goal. The thing that keeps recurring in your mind, that keeps popping up year after year, that you think you ought to do, then you ought to do it. Get started. And that's where the backcasting can come in handy, of figuring out what it is halfway looks like partway and Monday, and just taking the next steps toward that, Focus more on the process and and not necessarily just the end result.
1: Olympic gold medalist Scott Hamilton says, what if we looked at failure as just information? Like, how would that change things if there wasn't shame attached to it? Just it's just information. He even did the math on how many times he's fallen in his career. And then he added one, like whatever the number, it's like something ridiculous, like 9,800. It's probably even more than that, 90,000. Who knows? And he's like, but the point is, I got up 90,472 times. That's
0: it. Anything worth pursuing is going to take a few attempts. And that's absolutely right. It is information, but we're humans and we have emotions. And so, yeah, not personalizing it. And you're not a failure if you fall down. You did just get information that what you tried it didn't work. Try it again. Is it worth trying again? if the goal is big enough, it absolutely is continuing in the face of that resistance to persevere.
1: Let's talk a little bit about how you overcome some of these challenges in your own life. One of my favorite things that you told me is the ring that you use that helps you with your sleep. I like your approach. Like You want to get better with diet, exercise, all that. You also know how important sleep is. And So you tried to make it fun for yourself. You gamified sleep. And (laughs) my guess is your favorite type of competition is competition with yourself. Am I right? Oh, for
0: sure. Because I'm my own toughest critic and competitor. Again, I'm not competing. You're not competing with anybody else but yourself. Be the best version of yourself and hopefully you're getting better at the things you want to get better at. And for me, I wanted to get better at my creativity, and so I started studying what does that take to be more creative? Well, I learned very quickly that diet, exercise, and sleep is critically important for your brain to be more creative. You can't just will it. I realized that I was not getting enough sleep. It wasn't just quantity of sleep, it was quality of sleep. And so I did buy an aura ring, which tracks your deep sleep and your REM and all the things that are important. And learned you shouldn't eat for a couple hours before bedtime to really maximize your deep sleep. And there's some other things that you learn once you know that you can optimize your quality of sleep. It makes all the difference in the world for the next day and the week. Uh, I also learned, for example, you can't just catch up on sleep on weekends, which I've done before. I power through the week. I'm working. I, the family we're busy. Go to bed late. Get up early, and then just try to catch up on the weekends. That's not how your brain works. If you want to be creative through the week, you can't get all your sleep on Saturday and Sunday. You have to have consistent every night. And so, yeah, that the ring helps me to track that. I always say you measure what matters. So I'm measuring the quality of my sleep. And there's some days I don't open the app and look at it because I know I didn't do so well. I stayed up too late and I paid for it the next day. But progress, not perfection. We're not going for a perfect score.
1: You haven't told my favorite part of the aura ring story. Okay, well... <laughs>
0: <laughs> because it's a little embarrassing. So you have a little chocolate cake and it knows. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, I look at the app and, and I said, late night snack much because your uh, resting heart rate didn't go to where it should have gone because you were busy digesting that chocolate cake all night.
1: That's the full complete story <laughs> we were looking for. Another one of your superpowers is you're really good at getting people to say yes to things Give away your secrets.
0: I can't do that. Because I don't want everybody to have that superpower. That would take away the specialness of my superpower. I try to find people of like minds to work together. Different skill sets, different superpowers. But once we've identified our why and they match up on projects, work together, it's easy to get a yes. Because I'm not starting from a basis of, here's what I need you to do for me. I'm starting with, you said this is important to you. Hey, let's work together. And accomplish that. And so it's shared meaning and value. And it's easy to get a yes because we're on the same page.
1: Everyone needs a friend like you in their corner. How proud do you feel when you help coach someone through what you just talked about? And then you watch them land that dream job.
0: Man, that's the whole reason for doing this. That's what's so rewarding because just to kind of see people achieve like their God given talents and perform on their highest level and ability. That is what it's all about. Too many people are stuck because they just haven't seen an example or they haven't had the encouragement from someone else. I just think that that is a tragedy. I do not want anyone to be at the end of their life and have a bunch of regrets that say, well, I always wish I would have tried this. Why didn't you? We only have now. So spend your next year, your next week doing the things that you actually want to do Life is a lot more rich and fulfilling when you do that.
1: Let's talk about ambition and God-given talents. I want to incorporate faith into this. Do you believe that God gives each of us unique talents and a unique calling on our life and and ways to use those?
0: I feel like God cares about individuals' hearts and souls. We can literally do anything as long as our heart is aligned and we actually are doing it with integrity. And so that's where I don't necessarily think God has one job for you to do. He's given each of us talents and abilities, and they're different. And so I just like to see people use those at the highest level. That's different for everybody. We got to figure out what that is. And I believe that glorifies God by using your gift, whether that's you know playing an instrument or gardening, or just being you, being a good neighbor and really checking on your neighbors you have the gift of hospitality not everybody has that gift
1: and then let's talk about the ambition part i'm guessing that you might struggle with sometimes getting ahead of god in certain seasons by like you've got this vision you're a big picture guy you see where it could go what it could do and you just want to go in guns blazing because you've got the energy and the fire and Sometimes the timing or the season of it, it might be for later, right? You might have a a longer-term vision. Does that ever happen with you? You ever struggle with that?
0: Every single day. And something I learned from the founder of Strategic Coach, Dan Sullivan, he calls it the gap and the gain. The way to continue forward momentum is to really focus on your gain. Are you better now than you were a year ago toward your goal? Focus on what you've gained, not the gap between where you are today and your grand vision 20 years from now. You're going to have better momentum and progress if you always focus on your gain, how you've improved, and not just focus on not being at your final destination today. You shouldn't be there. You should always be growing and gaining. So I really like that perspective.
1: So what is the Paul Goldsmith definition of success?
0: Living with intentionality and living what you say you believe. I think what causes a lot of strife and anxiety is saying one thing and then living a different way. Success is using your talents and abilities to the best of your ability and using it in a way that brings meaning to your life and to others. That's success to me. And not be at the end of your life and have a whole bunch of things that you wish you to try it out. What are you waiting for? Do it. Just be insanely curious about what it is you want to do.
1: So I'm going to ask you really to peel back the curtain here because you're... Super intelligent when it comes to the way that you go about taking your small steps to get to the, to one of the goals. I'm positive that there have been times where you had maybe three wonderful options as to what you could dedicate your time to. I know you have a special journal or a, a notebook. What's it called? The thing you love. The-
0: my full focus planner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Michael. Hi. Basically, uh, each week I identify my, my big three. Here are the three things I got to get done this week. And then I break that down into three things a day to move me toward the bigger goals. That keeps me focused. We make thousands of decisions every day. And then we get to the end of the day and we feel like we didn't get anything done. That's because we didn't get to our priorities. Three things a day. You can do hundreds of things. But what are the three priorities that you're going to get done if nothing else happens? Try to do that. And if you do that you know, five days a week, that's 15 things. That is what works for me. You don't have to buy the planner. You can just write it down on a piece of paper.
1: So my personal question to you is about that drive that you have, because my guess is that a lot of people that are finding your podcast are driven as well, and they're wanting to get better, and they're wanting to learn. I think that one of the greatest strengths, I think one of the greatest weaknesses is like I mentioned earlier when I asked you about sometimes getting ahead of God. And as a man of faith, I am asking you to let us into that small moment where it's just you and God, and it's kind of like, hold on, Jesus, okay, I got a lot of stuff I want to accomplish. I love this life. I want to help people. Let's go. But I want to know what your prayer is like where you ask for his discernment on yes or no or stop and go, or even when you work it out with your wife and all that. And I want to know, how do you hear from him in that way where it's like, he's the one in charge, not us, even though you've got the drive and ambition?
0: I have got to slow down. And that does take intentionality because by default, I'm going 100 miles an hour. And so there's a couple practices that I have started to take part in to help accomplish that. And one thing, I have a five-minute journal. And so every day I wake up, and I have my kids do this too, every day wake up and write down first thing, Three things that I'm grateful for, specific things every single day, start with gratitude. Then three things that would make today great. And that starts an intentionality for the day. And then quite a few times a week, I'll also do morning pages. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. She recommends doing it every day. And I'm just being honest, I don't do it every day. But I am intending to do it more often than than I have because I get fruit from it every time I do it. Because I'm not looking at my phone without any other distractions. It's three pages of stream of consciousness. And so I talk to God through those pages. You know, the first page is just complaints about all the things that (laughs) didn't happen, right? The thing I just kind of get it out of the system. I'm unhappy. This person didn't call me back or this didn't happen or whatever, just to process those emotions and then get to the what I'm actually asking for, what my prayer is. Give me clarity on this decision. Give me discernment on this decision. I need to do more thoughtful reflection on this area. Again, it's just getting clear and stopping down and saying, you know, what's the right thing to do here? What ought I do? And not just rushing through the day without actually having any reflection. And so the Morning Pages and the Gratitude Journal, those are a couple of practices that I use to help center me so that I'm actually reflecting and asking God what he thinks I ought to do and not just waking up, hitting the ground and running and being reactive, but actually trying to be intentional about what I pursue and what I think about and who I work with.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I think it's going to be helpful to a lot of people because I think slowing down and the being still and no is probably one of the hardest things for an Enneagram 3. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. It That's is. It's like your kryptonite. <laughs> it totally is,
0: which is why, if I'm being honest, I haven't committed to doing morning pages, it's hard for me to say, every morning. And I know that I need to, because that centers me and helps me stay grounded and really reflect upon what matters and seeking you know God's insight and wisdom rather than just try to figure it all out as I go.
1: Maybe it could be your first complaint if you do it tomorrow. Like, doggone that Sarah for making <laughs> me feel like I need to start again. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the hit on that. Okay. Because you said what happens on page one, complaints. Page two, you said um kind of like asking for what you need. I'm curious, does page three lead you to a place of surrender?
0: Some days. Other days, I'm so pumped up and jazzed up from that. I'm like, okay, it's time to go conquer the world. Like, here's what we're going to (laughs) do. And I get in go mode and that fuels the rest of my day. So it can be two very different responses. It it really depends on the day.
1: I want a tangible example of everything you've just talked about. And I think one of them is you showed up at a nonprofit that not a lot of people knew about, Cure International. You helped put them on the map. You got A-listers to rally around this mission,
0: this organization that not a lot of people had heard about was taking care of little kids in developing nations and providing free surgeries for them so that they can walk. It's just a remarkable organization. And so I run toward those kind of things. Like that's what I want to be about helping kids with disabilities walk. And so I was honored to work for that organization. That's all the time we have for today. Sarah, thank you so much. You ask great questions. If anyone else would like to ask me anything, welcome to do so. The number is 559-574-3210. Thank you for listening to the Creative Cast. I hope this has been beneficial. And if you like it, please review it and rate it. That way others can find it. And we'll talk to you next time.